On this week's episode of the Michigan State of Sports, we welcome in Jim Costa from 97-1 The Ticket, wrap a bow on the Tigers season, and look ahead to another fun weekend in college football, Michigan, Michigan State. And of course, we got to break down the lines. All next on the Michigan State of Sports. Wow, would you just look at that. Call it a twofer. The mil- the boys for the Michigan State of Sports finally holding true to something they said they do a long time ago. I am Jake Rima. He is Tony Garcia. It's our second episode of the week. Thank you to all of us. We said we were going to do it. And Tony, it only took us three, four weeks to actually do what we were going to say we were going to do. Yeah, I know. Imagine that. But honestly, I'm still I'm just stuck on that perfect intro. Is that why they call you one take Jake? I mean, nobody gets to see what the sausage, how the sausage is made, what it looks like behind the scenes sometimes when we're recording early in the morning. That was beautiful. Well done. Well, I appreciate it. But yes, we're we're keeping our word and I'm very, it, it took, it took long enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, you know, we, we we both have big mouths in our you know, radio guys that just talk a little bit too much. And yeah, it's a great idea. Let's do two episodes a week. And then life started to happen. And, you know, Tony's running things at WLNS. He's here <laughs> for us. He's doing tailgates at night games. And there's just, and oh. lowly old me is just covering D2 football on the side. So there's, there's just, there's only so many hours in the day, but you said something that jumps out to me as I just blab on before we get to our, our big time guest, Jim Costa from 97 won the ticket, but the one take Jake thing, it's, it's a great nickname when it actually works, which is such a rare occasion, you know, and the problem is the take and the Jake thing is what rhymes, you know, it's not the one thing that rhymes. So you could say 50 take Jake or, <laughs> or never ending take Jake and more often than not that's going to be more applicable than the one take Jake and it has the same like resonance right like because it has that rhymy sing-songy tone to it it still feels as good so instead of a compliment it can just as easily turn into a chirp I see that problem Oh, no doubt. And my, my great friends at Northwestern, you can attest to this too, when you're doing the, the, the video reports and uh, mine were always so bad. And the one take, maybe it was done in one take Jake, but they were so bad that my good friends at, at Northwestern were just praying that I didn't get kicked out of school. And <laughs> academic probation is a real thing. Um, I, I, I weathered the storm through that. And you know, I wasn't one take Jake in grad school, but we passed. And here we are now doing the Michigan State of Sports. So life doesn't get much better. No, C's get degrees in college, that's for sure. And that's funny. That You just brought me back to Northwestern. You remember trying to do stand-ups with like all your, like you're just learning and all your classmates who you're learning around are just staring at you. It's funny because, God, I, this is the, people have said that, oh, you do a nice job when you're on TV, blah, blah, blah. And I, writing is my background. I don't even, I don't like being in front of a camera at all because I was no good at it in school. And they're like, why, why do you look so natural? I say, they, this has maybe been said once, maybe twice. And it's because it was so cringeworthy to have people staring at you. It's way easier, even if like, like for you, like on radio, uh, it's probably easier, even though you're on 97.1, talking to all of Detroit is probably easier than whenever you were doing that in front of your classmates, true or untrue. 100%. I mean, I would rather... There, there are, and we're not, we're not just gonna today's episode. <laughs> was doing stand-ups in journalism school, like, but it, it, I remember being at the Lincoln Park Zoo trying to do a stand-up in front of the sign, that that cool sign, 
I swear it took three hours. Like it just, it was so bad. And it was just the, my poor video partner. was just like, like, you gotta be kidding, man. We, we got, there's, there, we're losing daylight here. We got to get out of here, but enough about J school. And um, also before we get into the interview with Jim Costa, if you're with us on Monday, you know, I set the world record for most sneezes in a day. Happy to report that I'm not feeling any better. And Tony, Tony, <laughs> or looking tell- any better for oh, the record. Yeah. You guys are lucky. It's an audio. <laughs> I mean, poor Jim Costa here in a couple minutes is going to have to see me. I look like Rocky uh, after a fight. I can't even keep my eyes open. It's brutal, man. I've had to call off work a couple of times. And, uh, you know, again, thank me for my service, I guess, for really pushing through here. Isn't this when you say you should see what the other guy looks like? Like Yeah, precisely, precisely. But no, I, I look terrible, always sound terrible. Um, and oh, enough. You you look great. You've never been better. And we got a great guest on. No doubt. doubt, And most of our teams are undefeated. The team that is winless is the one that we want to be losing games to get a better draft pick. And the Tigers, they're they're stumbling a little bit to the finish line here. But I rarely get to say and feel the word proud of one of my sports teams. They made me proud this year. Very happy for them. They deserve a ton of credit and a wonderful offseason. One, two, three, Cancun, although it's more like one, two, three, like DR, Venezuela, wherever you're from, but go enjoy. So proud. So proud. Go Tigers. I can't wait to hear what Jim has to say about it. No doubt. So we're going to talk Tigers off the bat, wrap a little bow on the season, and then get into the action on the gridiron. That's coming up next with Jim Costa from 97.1 The Ticket. All right, as promised, we now welcome on Jim Costa from 97.1 The Ticket. You hear him all different times. You might even know him as Jimmy Cookies. He's our friend. He's your friend. What's going on, Jim? Thanks for being on. Jake, Tony, appreciate uh, you guys having me on. Looking forward to it. And Jim, we'll get it started this way because it, it reminds me of all of those Sunday shows that I'm in the producer's chair, you're in the hosting <laughs> chair, that we we have this, like, this guilty, uh, I don't even want to call it like, uh, obligation but we just finished a tigers game and yes there's a lot of football to get to but we got to talk a little bit of tigers and tony and i mentioned at the beginning of the show we kind of neglected them and that's not fair to our guys man they overachieved obviously a much higher win total than any sports book predicted and there's a lot of things going in the right direction for our beloved baseball team here in the Motor City. So I'll give you the floor, just kind of a softball toss to get it started. What do you attribute the biggest, uh, the, the biggest reason for the overachieving this year? Oh boy, that is a total softball. Before <laughs> I answer that, you're right. Cause I, I've been on after so many Tigers games this season. And I typically devote at least that first half hour to open the lines, talk about the ball club, but then you get to football season and your brain's already focused on the Lions, Michigan, Michigan state. Um, that, yeah, maybe people haven't been dialed in this last month or so, but I think the season as a whole, the reason they've made such progress, the reason they've turned a corner, it's AJ Hinch, right? I mean, this guy came over from a world series baseball team, one that he also turned around after several losing seasons and his fingerprints are all over their success this year. Their rotation has been injured at times. It's been shoestring. When you think about Turnbull and Matt Boyd both missing time you've got two rookie pitchers with the training wheels on and they're not allowed to go deep into games so how in the world do you win baseball games when your starters can't go deep and when your offense doesn't have a lot of power well you manufacture runs you manage a bullpen you play the matchups and you manage these Sundays these getaway games these third games of a series 
like they're a playoff game and they've taken them very seriously and they've picked up wins against all these top level baseball teams. I mean, they took care of business against the Rays this month in September. They have a winning record against teams above 500. AJ Hinch deserves a lot of credit for it. You, you said it best. And it's hard. It's because he's gotten buy-in, I believe yeah. from, from the top to the bottom. And it really was like a light switch flipping after they started nine and 24. What was it? And, yep. and now, and now is, and you're even hearing things from ownership, things from fans, things from players, coaches, like this is not what Tigers baseball has been like for far too long, six, seven years at least. And even then it was always the best teams underachieving, not those teams playing up. And to feel as if AJ Hinch brings the, the pedigree and the know-how to have you play above your pay grade. And now this talk of what they're adding in the off season, I think that's where most of the excitement comes from. And speaking of that off season, what, what do you think they are going to do? How are, how are they going to make this a playoff team? Cabrera is talking about how he's excited for playoffs next year because he's only got two years left. So what do you see there? So with Cabrera, it's interesting, just a quick note on that. There is this belief, or at least a theory, that part of the reason he's played better baseball is the team's been better. And that being a motivation factor for a guy who's been through a lot of losing the last four-plus seasons yeah, maybe you get another strong season out of Miguel Cabrera next season, especially if you're in contention. Carlos Correa is the gem, the jewel, the target. Of course, with the relationship with A.J. Hinch, understands the culture that you just spoke to. Uh, is kind of a brash player, but I think it's one of those dudes when he's your guy, people rally around him, can play high-level shortstop, and can be a bat that hits three, four, five, heart of the order. So when you get a guy who's up the middle stout defensively, contributes to the middle of the order, you know what it makes me think of? Pudge Rodriguez, when they brought in a culture changer who had won a World Series and knew the manager, played an up-the-middle position defensively, this, this, the similarities and the parallels are exciting because you know what happened when Pudge got here. It became an opportunity for more and more players to jump on board, and this team stopped becoming a loser and started becoming a playoff team. And maybe I'm jumping the gun, but I do feel like that's on the table next season if they go get Carlos Correa and, and address some of the other issues on this baseball team. If they spend commiserate with you know top 10 to 12 teams in baseball yeah I think they can be a playoff team next season Jim Costa is with us on the Michigan State of Sports and Jim I from one you know Twitter call I am like a Twitter whore I like to say I'm just always throwing <laughs> stuff out there and it might not be good whereas your Twitter I'm trying to be dialed into because the content is actually worthwhile and there's some takeaways. One tweet I got from the other day is just the breakdown of Casey Mize. And I know you've yeah. been a huge Casey Mize guy from day one. So we talked a little bit about the hypothetical of who we might want to add, but obviously the core of this team is the starting rotation and some of those young guys. So in, in just the last year, uh, how much of, you know, can, can Casey Mize and the rest of that rotation be uh, a staff that, that leads this team or, or do you see other parts coming through as, as potential to be kind of the, the core of this baseball team? So yeah, the core of the baseball team is, is half here and half should be here next year, right? With Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, some of the bats that had such a great season in the minors. I'm hoping if you manipulate service time, whatever, but by May, they should be up with the club. That becomes a shot in the arm, but you already have half the guys here. Scooble, Mize. We'll see with Manning. I think he was a rockier compared to those two, uh, but Scooble and Mize, keep in mind, they got to pitch 
the previous season during a pandemic, which helped them get their feet under them. I think next season you look at Scooble to be a high strikeout guy. And I view Mize as a future ace. I do. And I think that's not unrealistic for a guy who's drafted number one overall. He doesn't necessarily have the high strikeout totals, although I'm sure people by now have seen the comparisons, not just the one I tweeted. I think Bally was all over it. People were starting to talk about Mize and JV and comparing the two in their first full season. You know, Mize had more strikeouts per nine than Verlander. He had lower walks per nine, a lower whip. And that's one thing I really like about Casey Mize. Doesn't walk a lot of batters, doesn't allow a lot of high traffic. And guys are swinging for the fences today. You may have a couple plus pitches but dudes are going to leave the ballpark. And if there's only one guy on base, that's manageable. If you've got ducks on the pond, three out of four innings, even the best pitchers are going to make a mistake. So I really like that. This is even his profile out of Auburn. Doesn't put a lot of guys on base. He has a couple pitches that can get strikeouts, but really he's going to be a guy that limits damage. And maybe that's not sexy enough to be an ace, but keep in mind again, Verlander, his first full season wasn't knocking down guys 10, 12 times a game. So I think the ceiling's very high for Casey Mize. All right. And we're, we're going to put a bow on the Tigers with this one because there is so much football we got to get to. And we, mm-hmm. we appreciate you getting this deep into, into the baseball weeds with us. But you said his name three times just then. He's my favorite athlete of all time. And there is a little bit of, a little bit of, I can't even, I, I don't know, there's rumblings that Justin Verlander and Detroit <laughs> may be a reunion. Could you see something like that? And I want to hear maybe just one or two more names who, who we think uh, we can expect. Because I'm thinking, I haven't heard enough talk about a lefty in the bullpen. And if you're talking about serious mm-hmm. contention, you need power arms like that. And so I want to hear about JV, maybe one more piece that you would like to see the Tigers add to, oh, to become a playoff team next year. Yeah, I mean, so outside of Correa, you want like one more name, one more. It's got to be an arm, right? And yeah. some of this is going to be interesting because if guys – get picked up by their current team if they're you know no, no longer arbitration eligible and they're straight up free agents I agree with you do not take for granted the way they've managed the bullpen this season and assume that AJ Hinch could just take a group of gas cans and rally the troops <laughs> give them some I want to see AJ Hinch with a real rotation a real bullpen and, and a couple legitimate bats beyond just the young core uh, on Justin Verlander Was it Leland that said, you don't want to do this just for sentimental reasons? And I really respected that it came from Jim Leland. Right. Um, The most sentimental guy of them all, right? (laughs) Right. But he's, there's too much at stake here. Next year is supposed to be a very serious year. And if you bring Verlander back off of Tommy John surgery in his late thirties and you pay a premium for him, boy, he better be a Cy Young guy. And I just don't know if that's realistic. So there's going to have to be, as they say, the devil in the details, some level of, all right, Justin, you're coming here because you love Detroit and because you think we could be good next season, but we're not breaking the bank on a 38 year old pitcher coming off of surgery. So I'm not saying hometown discount, but we have a line that we're not willing to go over. And if you don't want to be here, we totally understand. I, I do think you have to have a hard line in the sand as much as fans want to bring him back. You have to do it within reason because you can't sink your payroll on a guy who, who knows what he'll be like post-surgery. Man, I wish I hadn't left off on that because I want to go so much deeper. Jake, how, where, where are we starting with, with, I mean, Lions and Michigan and Michigan State? Let's go Michigan. Big weekend. I, 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 it's a prove-it weekend for, for me for Michigan. I mean, what, Jim, what do you think? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Wisconsin has two losses. They haven't beaten an FBS team this season. It takes some of the air out of the game, just being honest. Now, the good news is it's 
still a big time road environment to go play in. And if Michigan performs well, one of two things will happen. They'll run the ball against one of the best run defenses in college football, which would be a statement, or the run will be stopped or, or, you know, stymied and you'll have to pass the ball to win. And if Michigan goes into camp Randall and passes the ball to win, you'll also feel good about your offense. Uh, It's not necessarily the Wisconsin team of, some of the years prior, but if you go into Wisconsin against a good defense and your offense has success and you win the football game, yeah, I think that's a good win for Michigan. Certainly sets you up for bigger games in October and November. Uh, as for what I think is going to happen, I, I don't, I can't believe in them. I can't, guys. I just can't. I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. They haven't won at Madison since 01. Jim Harbaugh on the road against good football teams. His offense is, is sputtering right now. I just, I don't know how you give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I, I can't believe the spread. This is a classic. If you're going to bet games, look early in the week because I think er, early, well, I guess for this one now, if, you, if you're like me, you wait. But early in the week, the line moved so dramatically. I believe Wisconsin was a three and a half point uh, favorite. And now I believe they're a one point underdog. So if you're thinking like me, you can get them with a point, but it's just crazy how much these lines move. Yeah, Jim, that's actually a great point because I have, and I mentioned this to Tony that uh, you're a, a big uh, wagering guy, wagertainment, of course, the buzzword. Mm-hmm. And I've just been getting absolutely rinsed um, on the college football <laughs> scene. So I'm looking, I mean, selfishly, I'm just going to pick your brain here. Yeah, it's the Michigan State of Sports, but I'm just trying to get some picks out of you. So you. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm doing picks later today, and I'm honestly under prepped for it. So I, I, and I'm doing so poorly that you probably don't want to listen. You probably want to fade me tonight. But um, <laughs> I just, I just looked it up. Michigan is actually plus two and a half. So I can, I might just wait till Saturday and get a whole field goal for the home team. So this is wild to me. I don't know where the confidence is coming. Maybe it's just Michigan has such a big fan base and they're four and oh, but yeah, I, I like Wisconsin in this one. Doesn't it, doesn't this always happen though? I mean, Michigan shows enough for their, whether it's the alumni, whether it's the national media and, and, and everybody gets on board, but why, or maybe, and it's, it sounds like I'm not putting words in your mouth, but it sounds like you're not quite there yet by any means. No, what what makes this Michigan team? Like, why, why is there this confidence with this Michigan team? What makes them different? It's for the life of me. I don't get it. I mean, you're four. No, I think they're running the ball incredibly well, but that's against lesser foes where you should be able to kind of mow people down at Michigan and Harbaugh's done that to his, his credit. I think at home, I might have to adjust this for a game or two. I think he's 32 and three at home. Um, I think it's a home favorite. Actually, this is what they do um, now on the road. It's a little different story, but they baked four and oh at the big house. And I just don't, I mean, the confidence is coming from where does, does Harbaugh inspire a lot of confidence that they're going to go <laughs> win big games. I feel like that's like, what kind of world, like, is this up is down, down is up. When, when did this change? Is this real life? As the kids say, you know, we're all, we're all young enough to be in tune with those TikTokers. <laughs> is this real life? But um, turn the page a little bit, Jim, if you will, with me over to the other big 10 program that we have in this state, that's also undefeated. And hand up, I was wrong about the Spartans, and I think a lot of people were. Nobody expected them to be 4-0. Certainly, um, that that victory on the road against Miami turned some heads, but uh, they stumbled. I mean, not stumbled, but struggled a little bit with Nebraska, a little bit more of a um, get-right game maybe perhaps with – 
with the Hilltoppers coming to town, but your overall just impressions of Michigan State and is it uh, is it fool's gold here or has Mel Tucker really, in fact, turned the corner a little bit? So I got to be fair. October 30th it's going to be here and everybody's sniping back and forth. And if you say a nice thing, so I do have to point out that Michigan State's 4-0 came with a very sloppy win a week ago. Their offense looked challenged for stretches of that game. And if they didn't play Adrian Martinez, the college football's biggest walking turnover, they may not be undefeated. So I have to put that out there. But if we're being honest, Mel Tucker is in his first full season, whereas Harbaugh is in his seventh. So you're willing to kind of overlook some of the blemishes for a first or second year coach in Mel Tucker that you're not willing to, to look past in a seventh season to Jim Harbaugh. So I think people are talking about MSU more glowingly. They've gone on the road twice. Their offense has been more balanced. Um, and I think for both these schools, if we're honest, 4-0, you take the problems if you keep winning. The question is for Michigan, how will they do in bigger games? Michigan State, to an extent, already had one of those games at Miami. And I know that's a point of contention. How good is Miami? Um, but I, I do think the expectations were lower for Michigan state. Jake, I would raise my hand with you and say, yes, I didn't expect them to be four. No, I didn't expect them to necessarily be a bowl team. And now I think they're a bowl team with the chance to upset somebody, uh, with the chance to find themselves in a pivotal November football game with, with big 10 title implications. I'm not picking them to win it, but I never thought I was going to see that, especially not this quickly. I think some of that's the transfer portal and, and some of it's Mel Tucker's a pretty good coach. Yeah, I mean, there's no way almost the whole world's hand isn't up, right? I mean, Vegas yeah. set the over-under at four and a half. We're four weeks in. We're approaching the fifth weekend. They might beat the over right now, right? So, I mean, Vegas had this wrong. The world had this wrong. And it's, I mean, it just sort of goes to show where this new era of, of college football is going and how quickly things can can turn around. But I want to flip it back to, I mean, to this co this comparison of Michigan and Michigan yeah. State and, and why and why 4-0 is not created equal and and i and i'm and well, i don't so. want to just bounce back to michigan but but like you said at first early in this season it it felt like okay maybe this is new michigan this is not like like it's a little quieter they're it's not as brash they're not getting the attention but now the way they've won is the way they won four years ago you're running the ball you're not your quarterback's not overwhelming and but you have but you've only done it at home i mean i know these are points you've said and I'm sorry if no, I just no, but, reiterated no, 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 but you're right. You're, you said, you're but... talking the 2016 season, right? That's kind of the parallel for yeah. what Michigan fans were saying early in the season where they had Wilton Spade at QB and a powerful offensive line, and they got themselves in a position where they were leading in the fourth quarter in Columbus to win the Big Ten title, and they couldn't close it because the offense had five yards. And I just look at this offense and I go, are they going to have five yards in the fourth quarter of a big game? Because I watched Rutgers, and I think so. So, I mean, that's, that's, I think the challenge right now is, is they may be a nine win football team. Uh, they may even be a 10 win football team, but in your seventh season with Ohio state looking shaky, I mean, come on, Harbaugh's got to win a big 10 title at some point. And I just don't know that people trust him to do it. This seemed, this yeah. seemed like the window to, I mean, I mean, I mean, nobody thought coming into this year that this was the window, but you're right. I mean, now the way everything has sort of shaken out the, the East is, I mean, it's very deep, but when you don't have that juggernaut over you, it feels like you you got to punch up. And and I, I'm with you, even with Jack Con or um with I'm sorry, excuse me, Mertz looking real shaky mm -hmm. at Wisconsin. I, I've said it. I will never pick Michigan to win a big game until they do it. I will be wrong 
Uh, and they will have to prove me wrong before I just go jump out on this limb that I've watched snap off this tree and everyone fall to the ground on <laughs> time after you. time. Guys, we've had a lot of fun and it's been, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed the conversation. And so what better way to kind of just go the exact opposite direction than close with our Detroit Lions. So, Jim, I, I don't even know where to begin um, in terms of just inventing new ways to, to lose. We don't need to go down that, but a 66-yard field goal off the crossbar and in. And there were some, uh, you know, at, at first, Dan Campbell rallied everybody around. There's the press conferences. It's the new regime, but this is different. But the, the team is still 0-3, and, and we knew they were going to be bad. We knew they were going to be bad. But have you – I mean, are you – of the camp that, oh, but there's been enough positives and some they're losing in the right way. Maybe this is like a Pistons rebuild. Or are you in the camp that Dan Campbell doesn't know how to manage a game? He's taking timeouts when he shouldn't and he's giving up fourth and 20s. And and this there's still all kinds of reason for concern for this Lions team. So I'm not going to do a referendum on a regime three games in. It just won't do it. Um, I do think if we're just looking at those three games and how they played this season, I thought the Lions coming into the year would have a strong offensive line. Check. I thought they had a couple tailbacks that could take advantage of that strong offensive line. For the most part, that's another check. I thought they had a brutal defensive roster. One of the worst safety rooms in football. Uh, a linebacking room that's already seen Jamie Collins get broomed out. Check. They've been poor on defense. They nobody wanted really... Jamie, J- Jamie Collins either. We should have had that. <laughs> well, they had suitors, plural, and then all of a sudden yeah. they released him for nothing. So uh, it's hard to me thinks these coaches don't always tell us the truth. Um, no. oh. uh, um, but, but, but I'm not surprised by, like, I don't think Jared Goff's a very good quarterback. And, and when he's pressured, you see that. When he's not pressured, he's throwing behind and low to receivers. So none of this has been a surprise to me. I thought they'd win four football games this season. Now, the big question is like, well, what is Dan Campbell as a coach? And I just said, I don't want to do a referendum three games in. But within the three games, I like how aggressive they've been on fourth down. It just hurts even more that they weren't aggressive when it mattered most against Baltimore, right? Because if you're going to be the guy that goes for it on fourth down all the time and leaves his offense out there, and uh, but then it's the fourth quarter, and you play for a field goal to give Justin Tucker a chance to beat you. And I said it at the time, in the moment, don't give Justin Tucker a chance to beat you. Well, Lamar, fourth and 19, another one of those moments, you've got momentum, be aggressive, leave your defense out there, you call a timeout, you give Lamar a breather, right? And then you give up a fourth and 19 because you're playing too passive and you only send three guys. And then, yeah, 66-yard field goal shouldn't beat you, but – you can't be surprised as a Lions fan and you can't be surprised as a Lions coaching staff when you are aggressive for three and a half quarters and then go conservative at the very end. That's when you lose football games. And that to me is a bigger concern than any missed tackle, any blown coverage, any uh, tipped pass or drop ball. It's that the coaching staff didn't put their pedal to the metal at the end of the football game. I will agree with you there, but I'm going to as, as sort of take a, take a, page out of your book and continue to sort of give this and god i hate if there's a franchise in the world that does not deserve benefit of the doubt it's the lions but that's not these staff that's not these people and i'm sort of equating it to to what i saw with mel tucker last year when he did not feel he had his horses he was very conservative frequently on fourth downs fourth and three punting from the 39 
And so even though I'm, I'm a Michigan State guy, not sure if you know, I know this is the first time we've really had our, mm-hmm. our chance to cross paths, but I was very concerned because of th- this season was never going to be anything, but it's what I'm seeing down the line. I wonder if Dan Campbell just, is he, if he's playing to his roster. And after the first week, I was so glad, like the Jared Goff experiment, I was over with it in a quarter because everyone's ready to get rid of him, but it is worthwhile to see if there was any chance. And I'm sure. glad that, that there was not. And so he has nothing to work with. It, it's the, it's the Blashill thing with the Red Wings, but sure. only three weeks in instead of months. And so I've seen progress. Uh, I'm, I'm actually optimistic more after three weeks than I was after one. Am I watching a weird product? Do I not know how to watch football? <laughs> Listen, if you are a Lions fan that has not asked yourself that question, you're not a Lions fan. Right. If you're ever going, do I even know football anymore? What is this? What am I watching? If you haven't said that before, you're not a Lions fan. So no, 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 it's nothing against you. Um, to the point about playing to his strengths, uh, your strength would be your defense sucks. So don't put him on the field with Justin Tucker needing a short field to win the game, right? I mean, if we're just play to your strengths, you are perfect in the red zone on the season. Maybe don't run three straight times and play for timeouts, play for the win, right? Don't put your defense back on the field, play to a red zone offense that had been clicking. I don't know that I would defend him as saying they played to their strengths. I, I think, and listening to some of what he said, they basically played the odds and said, we're not going to lose on a 66-yard field goal. Yeah. But I just don't like that you put it even in play with your previous decisions. That's all. Right. It's Jim, just such a tough decision either way because you give him the time and the time. Yeah, you go for the touchdown. You get the touchdown. Lamar's got two. Yeah, I, I agree. You go. Now he's got to drive 80 yards. But yeah, you have yeah. no faith in your defense to stop them either way. So have your defense on the field for less time. Maybe that's the thinking. I, if you don't have the horses to run the race, you're, you're trying you're, you're to lose. You're going to lose anyway. No, it's a, Tony, yeah. it's a really good point. And I think that's what makes this so tough to judge Dan Campbell. And, and listen, they're the Lions. They're going to lose a lot of games. You're going to hear a lot of people in the media uh, beat them over the head because they're losing games. The, the truth is you're going to have to judge this team below the surface. And that's really hard to do. You're going to have to judge this team on decisions and even what goes into those decisions will be, yeah, what is he working with? What, 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 are, what are his tools to be successful as a head coach? And this offseason will be fascinating. I, Jake, I think you mentioned the Pistons kind of parallel. I'm a big believer that, that that is a blueprint they should be following. And I think they kind of are. They're not going to admit they're tanking. The Pistons didn't. The Lions haven't. But they've intentionally fielded a less than roster. They didn't spend all their salary space right? They're sitting here willing to eat dead money to the tune of over $50 million. Their receiver room, you can't tell me that's on purpose, that that's what they think is a good wide receiver room. I think they've tied their hand behind their back to ensure that they'll have good draft position. And Dan Campbell, like Dwayne Casey, is going to say, we're going to coach them hard. We're going to play hard. We don't expect guys to give up on plays, but with an arm tape behind our back, we're going to lose more than we win. And that's actually a good thing for the long term. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, that is why you're the pro. That's exactly what I was thinking as well. It's just harder with football, and I've said this on on the the show before because there's you only get one football game a week. You know, know. when you lose every basketball game, it's fine. We'll play the next night. We'll play the night after that. But uh, 
Um, Jim, in all seriousness, thanks so much for being on the Michigan State of Sports with us. We want to be respectful of your time. Really appreciate it. But we do want to get you out the door. Um, I know you said your pick segment is coming up later tonight on 97.1 The Ticket. Mm-hmm. But selfishly, please help me out. I'm in such a hole. I, I, I can't stop this cold streak. I need some picks for this weekend. Anything. College football, pro football. Hell, I mean, baseball. Uh, the, the Ryder Cup, it was last weekend. If there's some <laughs> golf or something, just give me something. I'm, I'm scrolling right now trying to give you something, and it's just going to be a bad bet at this point. Um, uh, just I'll throw one quickly pause. that no go one for asked it. for to give Jim some time to think. Here we go. Maryland, money line over Iowa Friday night. They're four-point four dogs. Iowa, they don't travel well. Maryland, Friday night, they've actually given Michigan State good Michigan State teams fits when they had to go there on Friday nights. I think that might have been 2015. Uh, I'm just, I was just trying to give Jim some time, buy some time. I don't time, like the, and, and don't like the Friday night thing. Can we, and, and this is just one of those, like everybody give their opinion. I don't like the college football on a Friday night thing. That's, it's just, uh, it's, it's high school football night. You know, am, am I wrong in saying, I know it's just a money grab for the big 10 and, and Fox and whatnot to get some games out there. But I just, I know every Friday night, there's a decent game, but it just doesn't, doesn't move the needle for me. I sometimes forget there's a game, right? And then you're just flipping around. Oh, all right. We yeah. got Charlotte Duke. I think that was a Thursday night earlier this year, but that's the type of game that ends up on a Friday night. All right. How about this one? I'm actually disappointed uh, that I'm not getting better odds, but I like Cincinnati to pull off the upset against Notre Dame this week. Yep. Ooh, Notre Dame, maybe um, reading the so what, press. So clip. Jim, what's the line you're looking at? Because I actually saw one that had Cincinnati as the favorite. I, I saw no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I, I'd love to get plus odds. I'd love for them right. to be an underdog okay. and get, you know, like a plus 120, a plus 150. Yeah, but the, the latest I'm seeing is Cincinnati minus a point and a half, yep. which I think I would just bet that. I wouldn't obviously take uh, the minus 120 or minus, it's minus 130. Yeah, I would just take Cincinnati minus the point and a half. Anything under a field goal, if I feel like my team's going to win, I, I feel like Cincinnati is the better football team of these two. Notre Dame, they're 4-0, but that offensive line is really bad. And uh, I, I can't tell you that they have a special quarterback. I actually think Cincinnati, one of these teams, preseason top 10. I'm a, I am root for the group of five as a Chippewa. Cincinnati's up, legit. They, they're legit. They've got a good defense. They've got a good quarterback. I'll take them to win the game. All right. I'm just, I mean, I am one of those guys. I can't think for myself. So I'm absolutely following uh, uh, your, your picks there this weekend, but Jim, thank you so much for the time. Um, I look forward to, to seeing you on Sunday. Hopefully we can, uh, I know it's lions bears, but uh, you know, that's one of the few games where I, I, I legitimately want the lions to win because I hate the Chicago bears so much. <laughs> They've got a chance with how poorly they are on offense. So we'll <laughs> that's see. A great point. But uh, Jim Costa, 97 on the ticket. Thanks so much for being on the Michigan State of Sports. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Big thanks to our guy, Jim Costa, for spending some time with us on the Michigan State of Sports. And I I love the – it just – and maybe I shouldn't say I love, but there's always the I want to get this topic in, I want to get this, that topic in. So it can be great to cover a lot of ground, which I believe we did, but it also – it kind of wets the uh, – what's the whistle, gets the juices flowing for all kinds of things. You just want to keep diving in, diving in. It's a balancing act, and I hope that's when – I hope people enjoyed listening as, as much and had as much enjoyment as we did talking. And on each segment, like, I felt like we ended it too soon. You know what I mean? Like, man, there was so much more I wanted to get Tigers. Man, I wanted to get so much more Michigan. But we've been promising people we're doing shorter episodes. This is going to be 
<laughs> the same 35, 40 minutes. But we did do two this week. So we're That's not right. totally liars. That just means we, we got to get to And Jim is just a wealth of knowledge on so many different topics. So um, we'll definitely be, be sure to get him back on the Michigan State of Sports because, uh, you know, I hate to do that. Oh, he's an expert in everything, but the guy knows the stuff. No, he sure does. He sure does. I was, I was very excited to, that you were able to, to get him on for us. So thank you. Uh, I can't believe you don't like my Maryland pick. What's your problem? <laughs> Honestly, I should feel better because I mean, yeah, you know, you can't point, pick worth anything. Yeah, I just I'm not I'm not all in on the the, the Tua's brother. Um, I know he's the quarterback, and that the Maryland offense is the strength of their team. I think too, I I don't like their uniforms, so that's a reason to pick against them. Um, obviously, because that dictates how you play on the field. You wouldn't but, even take the points, Maryland plus four. Yeah, now you're putting me on the spot and making me defend. I just. I think too, some of it is just my my hate for Friday night football, college football. You don't even want to get involved. Right, right, right. And so if do the whole like if I bet it, then then see now I'm just this is why I'm terrible at this because now I'm just second guessing everything. No, take a stand, make a stand, stick with it. No, I don't I don't like Maryland this weekend. Nah, nah. All right, you're lost. It's not my problem. Do we do we wanna do we wanna do that? Do you want do we want to are we uh, getting wager? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, are we getting money line or with the points? Would you do money line? This is great. I mean, not, I, mean all the, I mean, we can do whatever the Vegas odds are. All right, let's do it. All right, fine. We'll we'll agree on a book. So, uh, so we'll do that for Friday, um, and that's fun. Where I didn't hear where you landed on Michigan, Michigan State, or Michigan for this weekend, Michigan State for this weekend, and I couldn't cut Jim off. But you said this is a get right game for Michigan State. This is not a get right game. This is a trap game if you're not careful. Western Kentucky lost by one or two to Indiana and Army. Those are very sound football. Army is a sound football team. Indiana, yes, their record is less than stellar this year. They're still going to give teams problems. And uh, yeah. And yeah, so I'm just saying Western Kentucky is not Youngstown State, right? That was a get right. Oh, but I, I can't say, I can't, I agree with you that Western I'm Kentucky. I'm not saying be scared, but. Right, but be careful. I have no problem saying it's a get right game when you're at home under the lights against a group of five teams. Like, I, I just no, that makes no sense. That, that makes sense. I, I just, I, I just want it on record that West, that Western Kentucky is not just, a, a t- is not a terrible group of five team. They are. Sneaky cool helmets too. Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers are like the shiny silver. And Jake, nobody cares about the uniforms as much as you. I don't really like. I don't like red colors. No, I I don't like Ohio State's all reds this 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 weekend. Dusty. I mean, sorry. I mean, not great. So okay, can are you that scared to make a pick about Michigan or something? Is that why we're beating around the bush here? We got to get the people out of here. Who wins? Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Michigan needs to prove it. I'd rather be wrong once before I take Michigan. Uh, I'd rather be proven wrong right. before I take them. So I did the same thing with my Timberwolves. I know that nobody cares, but Northwood beat Northern Michigan. I was wrong. And I, Were I you heard pumped? Them, Were you super that? pumped? Were you super pumped? Yeah, absolutely, man. How are, how are the Timberwolves? They're, they're struggling a little bit this year, but... Then how'd they beat Northern? I thought you said Northern is a perennial... No, no, right. Northern's not a perennial. Oh, their women's basketball team is though, right? Or is that no. Michigan Tech? Yeah, Michigan Tech has ah. the. Pro- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Your, your Upper Peninsula schools mixed up. Northern All right, we're, we've gone off the deep end. <laughs> Great hockey for both those squads up there. Yeah.
you know? Although Michigan hockey, I gotta give props to, what is it, Mel Pearson? They're so good. Didn't they have the top two picks in the NHL draft? That's so impressive. Yeah, and they, they had to cancel because of Corona. That was a bummer, because they, they had to forfeit their, their run last year. Oh, is that why they got knocked out? I think they were gonna win the, the Frozen Four. Yeah, the, so the championship. Yeah, I've been waiting. It's one of the, they're gonna do it any year now, right? That was talking college hockey. All right, yep, and now we never have to do it again. Okay, thanks, Jake. Uh, it was fun. Let's do it uh, again. Let's act like we do a podcast and we'll maybe do it again next week. He's Tony Garcia. I'm Jake Rima. Big thanks to Jim Costa from 97.1 The Ticket for making this show somewhat uh, more listenable than, than, than normal. Obviously, the, the guests help a great deal. But have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Enjoy fall. First weekend of October. Don't you dare spend more time at a cider mill than behind a television watching football. I'm just kidding. Do whatever the hell you want to do. Thank you guys.